Oh, look out, Sally Lucas is here. She is ready to go all over the world, Sally. That's a pretty... Well, we always try. stamped, get it ready, fire off. I know. We try and, yeah, get as much in as we can in our limited time. But, yes, we're travelling to a few different areas today. A um, little bit of information about Japan, uh, NZ, New Zealand, of course, and also going to get to Italy and hopefully maybe talk about some interesting cruising in around remote New Guinea islands. All right. Well, that's that's pretty much everywhere. Um, some great news for domestic travellers, something, oh, in, yeah. in my own personal opinion only, should never have been a thing to begin with. But uh, as of September 9, no masks if you're travelling around the country on a plane. At last. I mean, it's internationally you haven't had to, but we've still had mm. to domestically. So I'm really pleased. I mean, you don't have to wear them at the airport. Obviously, individuals who, who choose to wear them are quite free yeah, to, of course. to use them and, and wear them. And I can understand that that's a personal choice. And obviously, if you if you had a cold or any condition like that, it'd be almost negligent of you, I guess, not to. And certainly, you want to protect passenger your, your passenger sitting next to you. And these days, flights are having done Perth three times now this year. Fourth one coming up. The flights are getting pretty full now because people are back in the mode of travel. So you're going to be on a relatively full flight. Mm. Number one, to me, you shouldn't be travelling if you're unwell anyhow. No. Well, there's no fun in that no, anyway. No, it's not. Mm. It's not. And, and quite often you, you can be worse at the end of it, especially a long flight. So, mm. you know, you're better off deferring if you can, obviously. Sometimes you can't. I understand that. But, yeah, if you are under any sort of cloud of not feeling well, Please protect yourself anyway. It's, it's just for yourself as well as your, your passengers. But certainly I'm pleased that that's been lifted. Yeah, as of uh, September 9, only a week yes. or so, uh, no more masks on domestic flights or the mandatory wearing of masks. Yeah, exactly. Sally, let's head across to Japan. We will. Now, Japan has been a little bit, you know, careful, if you want to call it that, on how they're opening up with COVID. And it, you haven't been able to go, or you still can't at the moment, um, unless you're part of a sponsored tour group. So you can't just go and individually, you mm. know, trip around Japan on a rail pass, or which a lot of people love to do. But they are planning to scrap the current requirements for pre-arrival PCR tests from Wednesday, September 7. So they're not flinging their doors open completely yet, um, but they still say, really, you need to book with a travel agent now more than ever because they're still... Um, got lots of conditions and border controls and things that are necessary. All tourists are still required at the moment to join Gaia Tours, though, and obtain a visa. So we still can't travel independently in Japan at the moment. Um, also, you might still, in certain areas, have to still comply with wearing masks in certain areas as well. So they are allowing people to come in, but they're still controlling the amount of people coming into Japan as well. So, yes, just keep in touch with your travel agent because, as we keep saying, the goal, goalposts keep moving. Um, and, you know, hopefully that will get, you know, better as time goes on that we can travel more freely into into Japan. Look, they've been cautious, uh, that's for sure. But so has uh, Australia, to be fair, on that front as well. Yes. And, and yes. I know we've you've talked about this probably since episode number one, but yes. uh, the importance of having a travel agent backing you with yeah. the fact that every jurisdiction has got its own rules now more than ever. That really puts the, that yeah, to the front it, of the queue. Yeah. It really does. And I mean, I know a lot of travel agents have done it so tough over the last couple of years and some actually 
had to close their doors, which is even sadder and lose income. But like to support the ones that are there now that are still there that really need your support, but also they're going to be there to help you. And the whole thing is you want to go on a holiday. It's, that's what it is, a holiday. You don't want hassles. You don't want stress. You're going there to, to free yourself of all that and enjoy yourself. So please do yourself a favour. Yeah, amen to a lot of that. All right, now, Italy. Italy. Let's get across to Italy. It's been, I mean, once upon a time, it used to be France was top of the list for everyone to go to, but Italy sort of took over and I guess Spain and Portugal to some extent as well. So so what happened? How did that happen? Because I think you're right on that, but, mm. but what, what, what do you think caused that? I don't know. I don't know, but Italy just suddenly became the flavour of the month and everyone wanted to go to Tuscany and go here or go to the Italian lakes and so on. But you've got to remember Italy, along with a lot of other European countries, of course, has got Quite, well, it's quite famous for its art and beautiful museums and galleries, and a lot of people go for that reason, of course. And, well, the food, you've got to understand that the oh, food's absolutely. part of it. And, yeah, a lot of people love doing that walk of the Cinque Terre, which is the five little villages on, on the top part of the west coast of, of Italy. Or, you know, they want to go to Sicily and, and explore what Sicily has to offer. Or, you know, there's just so much of Italy that is appealing and even now, more so, they're opening up further down into the into the boot, as they call it, or down the bottom, um, where these places were not as visited as much. Everyone just went to only the northern part of Italy, like north of Rome, except for maybe ducking down to, to Naples or to do Pompeii. Uh, but the Amalfi Coast, again, has also been very popular and out to the Isle of Capri. Um, but you've got some beautiful areas if you do want to avoid, you know, sometimes the big cities. But the main thing you've got to realise, if you're going to be travelling independently in Italy, it's probably better to do it, or a lot of it, by car, if you're wanting to be off the beaten track, because you will find that rail passes are great, and I'm a real advocate. I love travelling through Europe by train. I think it's so so wonderful. Sit back, relax, you, you're no, no hassles, you know, inner city to inner city. It's all good. But some of these little villages you might want to visit are not on train lines. So yeah. you might want to, um, okay, I wouldn't want to drive in Rome, for example, but I might catch the train from Rome to somewhere and hire a car just to do that little regional area. And then that's, that's lovely. I know you're driving on the other side of the road and some people aren't comfortable with that. So it's got to be, you've got to be in your comfort zone. So there's so many different ways, whether it be Italy or any country we're talking about, actually, there's so many different ways you can do it. And, of course, they're all wonderful tours. And there's one here I'm just looking at. It's called the Italian Grande, which is 18 fantastic days from Milan to Rome. So you're covering just the most incredible areas. You have three nights on the Amalfi Coast. You know, you have five nights in a Tuscan spa town. You, you know, so if you want to do something like that, then everyone's looking after you and you're getting to all these places on a coach tour. And that's another way of doing it. So, you know, I don't want to drive. Okay, Rail, yes, but you mightn't get all to the little villages or you can do a tour. And a lot of the tour companies now are not just doing the old days. We used to call it the Cook's Tour, you know, when Thomas Cook was the only touring company almost (laughs) in Europe. And the Cook's Tour of Europe, you were doing all of Europe in like two weeks. Whereas now you find so many companies are concentrating and just immersing you in just that one country. That's probably a better way to do it, isn't it? I mean, because it's fine to go, well, we went away for a couple of weeks and we did... 45,000 regions, but, I mean, what did you really get out of all of those areas? Well, you don't get anything. And to me, you can't stay anywhere that's a major area that needs, you know, Mm. really looking at and into and exploring no less than three nights. Yeah, because otherwise you find, you know, you see the main street of somewhere and you miss out on all the stuff that's just a couple of blocks away that's all this really cool stuff that you would really, oh, I wish I could have seen that. 
Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to sit down and do a plan. You know, look at the countries you want to go to. Don't try and do too many. Just try and pick the eyes out of it and pick the ones you really want to do. I used to always say get the husband and wife, for example, to sit at each end of the table with a writing pad and write down their must-dos and then look and compare them. And often they haven't spoken to each other. And they might say, oh, I didn't know you were interested in that. Or So then you try and compile your list so that you're covering the must-dos for both of you and you might have to just leave some other bits out. All right, that's Sally Lucas's Travel and Marriage Counselling Service. <laughs> Sally's uh, pretty much turning her attention to the east across the Tasman. Uh, New Zealand, Sally, some few changes there. Just to update on what's happening there again with, with COVID, um, you're no longer required to have a pre-departure test to enter New Zealand. However, the requirement for on-arrival arrival tests currently remain and you're still required to take two rapid antigen tests when you arrive in New Zealand on day one and on day five or six. These are provided by biosecurity on arrival in New Zealand as well and you're requested to report your results even if negative. So, yes, just got to remember that. And also everyone travelling to New Zealand by air must complete a New Zealand traveller declaration and receive a traveller pass before they travel. Now, this includes New Zealand citizens, residents and children. So it's virtually everybody. You need to submit your declaration online before you arrive at your departure airport. Once your flight's booked, you can complete your declaration up to 28 days before you fly. The declaration may take around 30 minutes to complete, so give yourself plenty of time. And you'll be asked to show it at check-in and also when you arrive in New Zealand. So you need to provide passport details, flight information, proof of uh, vaccination, international certificate that is, travel history for 14 days before arriving in New Zealand and your contact details in New Zealand and emergency contact details. So there are still things that have to be done Mm -hmm. there as well. Having said that, of course, once you get to New Zealand, as we all know, it is such a stunningly beautiful country once you've gone through all that. Um, So, yes, you've got to think about, I was looking at this the other day, discover Middle Earth. And I think when you think about it, that's where The Lord of the Rings and all these other films were filmed. And if anyone's seen them, you can remember how spectacular the scenery was. So this is what the South Island of New Zealand is like. And also, I mean, the North, again, because of its wonderful um, Rotorua area, which is the most geologically or one of the most geologically active regions on the planet. So, you know, it's got that so much difference between the boiling mud pools and all that in the North Island when you go down south and you just feel like, wow, you know, these these forests. Totally different. Totally different. And, of course, you've got much biodiversity, of course, in their flora and fauna as well. And, of course, you've got your flightless kiwi bird, as we all know. Um, but there's also lots of different... Um, and 13 of the world's 18 penguin species are recorded in New Zealand as well. Then they've got these sub-Antarctic islands, which are below the South Island, which you can now cruise to as well on, on small ship heritage cruising as well, which is getting into areas where no man has virtually been, like no one lives there. So it's pristine. It's beautiful. You know, so there's so many different reasons for you to travel to New Zealand. Um, and also, of course, that, that's Kiora, you know, welcome. The land of the long white cloud, Aotearoa. And, of course, you've got your wonderful Maori culture, of course. It's probably more prevalent in the north to the south. And you've got now, of course, world-renowned, or renowned rather, wonderful vineyards with even Sam Neill with his own vineyard as well in the South Island and makes his own wines. But around the Marlborough region, even right down into the bottom of the South Island, now you've got lovely wine regions around Wanaka and all that. Um, and hopefully we'll get the air show back. 
which I was supposed yeah. to go to. And, of course, New Zealand didn't open up. It was supposed to have gone April this year, and that was the second year time it's been cancelled because it's only every two years, warbirds over Wanaka. So let's hope whether that'll happen next year or they'll wait the two years again. I'm not sure. I haven't heard yet. But there is another air show coming up in New Zealand next year. Um, it's not the warbirds, but it's a general air show that if you know, any air enthusiasts are there, that is coming up. So it's next year as well. In Yearlands, it's called air show. Um, so, yeah, New Zealand, it's only across the ditch, as they say. It's a quite little short flight. It's half the distance of me flying to Perth. So it's... Um, <laughs> it's close. It's close. It's close. It's close. And it, it is a delightful place to visit and good food, good wine. I mean, it, it's... Yeah, it, it deserves time and give yourself a lot of time. And again, a lot of people don't give it enough time. I think it's, mm. it's yes, it's a small country, but it's got a lot packed into it. So just make sure, again, you give yourself plenty of time when you're touring New Zealand. Sally, can I ask you something to, to, to yeah. use your gut feeling here of your... Yeah. You know, millions of years of travel experience. I mean, I say that in the positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned with with a lot of the the stuff, all the paperwork, all the red tape mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. still around. I mean, international travel and and the the travellers market it's still very competitive. Do you think that a lot more people uh, will be going? You're easy to get to. You're easy. You're too hard, and that's where they'll steer their travel money to. Some, yes, I think you are. I mean, I've spoken to a few people who have said, look, I'm not even ready to travel yet at all until I know I can travel everywhere without any restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but people do look at that mark, unless it's for family reasons. And, of yeah, course, that's, that's different. Course, yeah. they'll, they'll make the exception because they haven't seen their kids or grandkids for two years or whatever, so they don't care. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll do whatever the paperwork is required. But, yes, no, I think you will find that that will steer people towards the countries that have less restrictions. Mm. Um, I definitely feel that. Um, but having said that, I mean, Europe is still proving to be the biggest seller, probably followed by America Yeah. Um, at, the, at the moment. I mean, that could change, um, certainly with other countries. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting actually seeing what's happening now. But if we go back to the old, old days when I first started, it was very restrictive then. And see, people have forgotten how restrictive it was. There were so many countries that you had to get a visa to get to, which you don't anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there were all the inoculations you had to have, and some countries you couldn't get into at all. So, yes, we went through a period of really restrictive travel to being open slather. So then people are finding it hard, I think, now, because it's not quite open slather again like they yeah, like. Not, like, they like. Always hard to put the genie back in the bottle. But, again, if we've gone through that period where, you know, countries and, and jurisdictions, if you want the people coming in, make it make it nice and easy. Oh, yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Sally, we get to the pointy end of the stick now. It's uh, down to the hot deals and uh, all over the place. Everyone's uh, you know got yes. something to offer. Yes, absolutely. And we were talking about air shows in New Zealand and this is called the Yearlands Classic Fighters Air Show. So it's not the Warbirds, but it's along similar lines. Now, that is next year. Um, it's a bit under $6,000. Departs the 31st of March, starts in Auckland, finishes in Christchurch. Um, you're taken to the Auckland War Memorial Museum. You go to the Museum of Transport and Technology Aviation. You go to the Hobbiton movie set. Um, you do a, a gondola and luge ride and uh, th- uh, at Rotorua, the thermal mud pools, of course, the geezers, a traditional Maori hungi and concert. You go to Te Papa, which is the most famous national museum in Wellington. Um, you go on the ferry between the two 
two islands, which is a lovely, lovely voyage to do. You go to the International Antarctic Centre, etc. And of course, you're doing the air show, which is wonderful as well. So you have a three day pass, which is uh, with grandstand seating. You get a bottle of Marlborough wine. Of course, that's very nice. And um, you get there and enjoy the air show for three days, as well as doing that other tour all the way from Auckland all the way down through to the South Island. So, is that, is that why you picked that one and put it at the top of the list? Or we'll do this, yeah. you get a bottle of wine. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm like. You know what I'm like, Mark. <laughs> well, it's Friday afternoon. It's Friday. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, AAT Kings have got some trips on offer for sale between now and the 30th of September for selected departures April next year through to March 2024. So that's a big range, a big which we don't often get. Mm. So you can get up to $600 per couple off a whole range of their Australian tours, which is wonderful, whether it be the Northern Territory, you know, South Australia, Tassie, whatever. Um, Kimberley Coast, one of my favourite, favourite parts of Australia. Um, that was one of the best things I've ever done was that broom to Darwin cruise. Um, so there are a couple of vacancies next year. It's books out so far ahead, Mark, it's unbelievable. We were trying to get some people sorted out the other day and they're trying to get on the GAN, do the cruise and then go the Indian Pacific home. The stars just weren't aligning. Oh, really? That's... Yeah, and this was for the middle of next year. So this is how far people, you've got a book now, just to let you know. It's not like I want to go in a couple of months. Time it ain't gonna happen. No, and again, like you said, everybody traveling. Every and there's kind of that backlog of the people that would have been traveling, would have been traveling. Now everybody's uh, yeah, looking, jumping on the bandwagon <laughs> and wanting to travel. But like you said, a year from now they can't get those three things no, to line, line up. up. So it's amazing. So, but yes, if you've never done the broom to Darwin cruise or vice versa. I did it when it was after the wet, and I might have mentioned this before, Mark, but I think that's a great time to do it because of all your waterfalls flowing. You go up there in July, August, um, you might see the whale migration, but you're not going to have those beautiful tumbling waterfalls at the Horizontal Falls and Mitchell Falls, the King George Falls, etc. So a lot of it's, of course, and even the Horizontal Falls is tidal, so that depends on the moon as well. So sometimes it's good to do your research to see how you want to see that Kimberley coast and make sure you're doing it at a time when you get to see all those natural phenomenons that you want to see. Well, the last thing you want to do is turn up somewhere and go, oh, if I was here a month later, it would look so yeah, much you know, more appealing. Yeah. yeah, but these cruises are wonderful. They're usually 10-night cruises and you get everything included, like all your meals, all your daily excursions on Zodiacs, you're going up rivers, waterfalls, options of helicopter flights with the doors open, mind you. So don't be scared of um, flying. Um, my husband do had to sit in the middle seat. There's no way he could sit on the seat where there was no door. So <laughs> but there's lots of cruise offers at the moment. Everyone's bringing out programs like for 2023 and 2024 with early bird discounts. Some of them have got savings of even up to 25% on, on a range of cruises. So many, Mark, at the moment have all come back. Of course, they've been you know, shut down for so long, so they're all making lots of really great special offers. Too many for me to really mention, but everything from mastered vessels to large cruise ships to expedition cruising. If you're wanting to cruise, there'll be a deal out there for you. All I'm saying is whatever you're planning on doing, get in early. All right, that's uh, definitely the, the theme today, particularly like when you said you've got some people for some things a yeah. year from now and it's just you can't get it. Can't to get it to line up, nope. If Sally can't get it to work, it ain't going to work. Trust me. Sally, a great uh, trip around the country and the world today. Thanks, Appreciate Mark. it.